Due to the holiday break, this podcast was originally recorded on Monday, November 22nd. Enjoy. More than 4,000 graduate students in over 80 different programs of study. You guys are sort of all over the world, it seems like. It's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. Here on Inspiration Dissemination. There's actually photographs of this data set stretching over a much longer period of time. They're now converted into basically mathematical shapes, and we can now analyze the statistics of this shape. Good evening, listeners. Good evening, listeners. You're tuned in to 88.7 KVPR Corvallis, and it's time for another episode of Inspiration Dissemination. I'm Adrian Gallo. And I'm Lisa Hildebrand. At Oregon State, we have more than 4,000 graduate students in over 80 different programs of study. And here on Inspiration Dissemination, we feature the research and personal stories of one of these students each week. If you're a graduate student at OSU and you're interested in coming on the show, or you just want to find out more about all the awesome things going on at Oregon State, check out our blog at blogs.oregonstate.edu slash inspiration, where you can find out all about our up-and-coming guests and links to our Twitter and podcast pages. Inspiration Dissemination is recorded live, and today we are lucky to be joined by Bo Wu from the College of Engineering, previously the College of Engineering, but is a recent successful graduate. Welcome to the show, Bo. Hello, everybody. I'm Bo. We're really happy to have you. We are going to get into the fact that you are a successful graduate of OSU. You now have a full-time job, which as a PhD student in the latter stages of his degree, I am very excited to think that, oh, you can finish a PhD. Um, <laughs> but be- before we get to, to that part, um, I do want to mention that um, uh, Bo is uh, working on or in his PhD, worked on creating sensors that monitor essential hormones in our bodies and his fabrication technology is one that can be scaled up so that it can be a point of care diagnostic, meaning that it, you can be at home on your couch uh, and, and use this. Um, but before we actually get to that, Bo, tell us a little bit about which neurotransmitters you're working on. We primarily focus on hormones like cortisol, serotonin, dopamines, and they are all neuron transmitters, which are important reporters for some psychological and uh, physiological disease. So a uh, sensitive and selective detection of these target with low cost makes a huge impact on its point of care applications. Bo, um, you, you kind of just implied this a little, like it's important to kind of have those, um, to be able to kind of measure these and detect these easily at home. And that's in part because, you know, taking these, these tests from a doctor can take a lot of time, right? Having the instant read will uh, will be very helpful for doctor to make uh, um, early diagnosis. Like the typical way how this works is uh, you give your uh, samples to the uh, lab and then lab take that sample to do some analysis. And then the, they, they forward the result to you. And the time between you give the sample to the time you receive actually will be sometimes will be a few hours, sometimes could be days. And your body status at that moment will be totally different compared to the time point that which you give the sample to the lab. So that's why 
have a real-time measurement at that time point is very important. And that is where the technology, current technology are focusing on. Probably worth mentioning that all, all three of these neurotransmitters, uh, cortisol that uh, kind of re- regulates stress, serotonin and dopamine are kind of in charge in some way of kind of your, your, your happiness and in, in, in your mood. All three of these also change throughout the day. So if you were to give a sample at a certain time of day, but then have to wait many days later to actually get your results back, then it's no longer as helpful. It probably still is helpful, but it would be better to have this kind of more rapid response of these uh, kind of of these neurotransmitters, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So now let's get into exactly actually how this works. Uh, you use electrochemistry. Can you, um, can you help us um, understand how electrochemistry works? And you have a really good example of how do you actually find these neurotransmitters. Okay, so let's break into two pieces. One, how do we get the, um, the signal? Basically, when some reaction, so when the target interact, with the uh, uh, accept, uh, acceptors on the electron, there will be some electron transfer or some resistance change. And we're gonna measure electrically those change. And then we correlate those uh, reading. It could be the resistance change. It could be the, uh, the current change to the exact concentration of the target. Then for the real measurement, we just read the, the signal and the uh, from the calibration, we can know what exact the measured concentration is. And how do we, how can the sensor recognize the target? That is through uh, something called um, molecular imprinted polymer. So typically people uh, rely on, let's say, uh, antibody, enzyme, or um, even DNA. So, but in our case, we synthesize something called MIP, which represents the molecular imprinted polymer. So how that actually works, uh, we can think in this way. So let's say you have a clay and you put some stones, you, you, you imprint a stone into the clay and, the remo- and after the clay was dried, you remove the stone. Then the, the, the clay will re- memorize how, uh, the, the shape of the stone. Then when you try to fit your hand into the, the dried uh, clay, actually you are not fit into that. So that some sort of, it become a memory layer which can only detect the, the stone itself. So that is the same idea for our sensing layer. So the target molecules in this case, these are the neurotransmitters, right? These are the, are the molecules of interest and you use this, um, Use this uh, technology to uh, remind me what it was called again. The uh, mo- molecular imprinted polymer. So you use that as like an outline, like a three D, uh, a three D outline of what this molecule looks like, um, and then that way you can actually very specifically, which is the hard part, right, is to yep. specifically target these neurotransmitters and the amount that kind of fits into these little spaces is then correlated with its concentration. So that way you can get really rapid, um, uh, a, a rapid understanding of like how much is present in your body. Yeah. And uh, the most important part is by this simple technique, you can get the same accuracy 
and the um, but you're gonna have even more longer lifetime if we talk about the, the device itself. Because typically the protein and the aptamer or enzyme, they are very sensitive to uh, like temperature and uh, um, like, so you have to handle it very carefully. But for these synthesized uh, bio um, uh, receptors, you don't have to. So this is um, a helpful distinction because um, going back to the point of care diagnostics is the fact that, you know, one reason why it takes the lab time to actually measure the, the cortisol, serotonin, or dopamine concentrations is, you know, it takes time to do lab work. Um, yeah. But the mechanism in which they do so is are with these enzymes, are with, are with you know, DNA-based stuff. And that, that reaction quite literally takes time. And it's also sounds like very sensitive to temperature conditions. So the benefits of your polymer-based bottle is that it's, uh, it can last longer um, and it doesn't need an entire lab to handle it for multiple days to get a result back. Yep. Let's talk about the size of the sensor. How big are we talking about? Uh, I would say just pretty much your fingernail size. Let's say in that way. It's pretty small because you don't really need that much large um, sensors for detection, actually. So these, uh, the, the molecules that, that you're looking at, they're only like, uh, what, like 300 Daltons large for the, for, yes. for the chemists. They, they, they understand that it's basically tiny. Um, how thick are the layers that you're printing here? Uh, so we're trying to make it as thin as possible because the sensitivity has something to do with the thickness. You, if you make it so thick, then it's like you have a bulky layer. You definitely don't want to do that. So we try to control the thickness to be like 20 to 50 nanometer thick. 20 to 50 nanometers. Yep. That is tiny. <laughs> That's teeny tiny. <laughs> that, that is teeny tiny. So we talked about how, how these sensors work, um, what it can be used for. And I think this is actually a good transition into how exactly, how why you came to OSU. Um, you mentioned that your mentor had a fairly similar idea as to what they wanted to do in their research. And it really jived with, with your goals as well. So what, what were they? Yeah, so after I complete my undergrad in China, I decided to, you know, came to United States for, um, for uh, grad ed education. And I went to University of Florida first. I got my master's over there in material science in 2015. And uh, then I was applying for a um, PhD program. I, I luckily got a call from my uh, pre-mentor, uh, Larry Chen, and we had a very good conversation. And he shared with me like what he trying to do, what he trying to achieve short-term, long-term, and also his expectation and the how can I contribute uh, or fit into this program. And I think whatever he project is what I really want because uh, you are going to spend like five, four years on something. You're gonna you know, uh, dedicate yourself. So you definitely want to pick up something you're really uh, passionate about. I think you had mentioned previously that your your professor wants to spend spend their efforts on something that will be very useful for society 
and yep. just make sure that it doesn't sit on a shelf. Yep. Um, so this, uh, the, the fabrication technology, the nanofabrication itself, that can be scaled up relatively easily, right? Yes. So basically, when we, when we design the sensor, we choose something called screen-printed electron, so which can be mass production. Basically, what you need is carbon ink and use screen printing technology. Eventually, it could be the the row to row printing, so that you can do continuously, uh, continuous fabrication for the electro. And the the and also that's one of the reason why we choose molecular imprinted polymer because we can synthesize it by our own, and you can actually do the surface treatment, um, like one batch. Uh, like within one shot. So yeah, all these give us the opportunity that potentially we can do mass production in the future. Which, uh, you know, like, like many research that occurs in a university setting, most of it stays in a university setting. <laughs> um, but the, 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 the foundational concept is that this should be able to be rapidly upscaled so that it, it can be, you know, brought to market in some way. Yeah. This isn't the only thing that you have thought about from its foundation as a way to bring to market. You were also uh, independent of your kind of research day job. In a nighttime job, you found a need uh, for a not nano, not nanofabrication, but formatting, basic word formatting. Tell us the story of WiseDoc. Okay, yeah. So I started WiseDoc in 2017. Uh, with one of my lab mates, Akash. So as a PhD student at that time, part of our job was to summarize, you know, our work and publish in academic journals. But what we realized is sometimes, you know, it may go through, sometimes it may get rejected. But once you get rejected, you have to reformat the same content in another uh, format, uh, like for formatting. So which is you know pain to ask because you are not changed the content, but you just need to do the formatting work. And actually the form format itself contains a lot of micro details. You have to check the requirement line by line, point by point to make sure you does, it, it does submit something they, 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 they are looking for. So that typically takes, I would say minimum like five days to do because you have to do recheck back and forth. And uh, so then we think about like, and actually that is where the idea of WiseDoc come from. So to avoid spending days on formatting academic publications, just let the software take care of it. We should save our time for something more meaningful, let's say for research or like spend with your family, right? So, um, so that is how we started WiseDoc. And the, um, yeah. To give listeners a sense of how finicky journals are with their submission processes, um, just thinking of the bibliography or the works cited page, um, you know, you might have the the last author, the year it was published, the title in italics, and another journal wants the last the last author um, and all of the authors, but they're only their middle initial and not their whole name. Instead of italics, it must be in parentheses, and the DOI must be in a unique format. Like all these little tiny things that, when you are doing it line by line on the Word doc, it it is soul sucking 
it takes a lot of time, <laughs> as you mentioned. Um, so this initially came of the fact that we as graduate students have to submit to journals, but this is a process that is a literal waste of time. It's just formatting. So what if there was a software that could you know, really take that into account and transfer all these formattings from journal A to journal B, which pretty much everybody has to do? Yeah, I cannot agree with you more on this. Okay, so that's how it started. But like many things, uh, COVID kind of made some changes. So what, what, how did you pivot? Yeah, so basically uh, that is how we planned to, 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 to launch WiseDoc or to, to operate WiseDoc. But after the COVID happened, uh, we decided to steer our direction to help more people who lost, their, who lost their job during the pandemic. So our team spent like few months on development and we successfully built an easy to use online resume builder, which is right now what you can see on, uh, at wisedoc.net. And the, uh, so because our intention is to help more people. So we think if that is a resume builder, that can reach more people and people can get benefits out of that. Um, and I, I should probably also mention that it wasn't just you and Akash that helped make this happen. Um, you also have some full-time employees and those employees uh, kind of came about through a business accelerator program at OSU. So tell us how, um, how that helped to kind of um, uh, promote WiseDoc and to kind of refine your ideas to, to, push, to push this business forward. Okay, yeah, so um, at the beginning, we just have an idea. We don't know where to start. So we heard this amazing, uh, fantastic program called Advantage Accelerator. And uh, we, uh, we registered for that. We go there, there are like three phases for the entire program. We learn a lot of like business side, like marketing, uh, those things from this program. That is where, you know, convert our engineer mind to uh, entrepreneurial mind. I think that is very important and critical for running a business. Yeah, and uh, I think whether you're an engineer, a biologist, or I think like Lisa and I, ecologists, we don't really think in marketing terms. <laughs> so to, to kind of have, have, this, um, have this program to kind of help you think about these things in a brand new way, one that can be brought to market um, is probably and, very helpful. Yeah, and the one more, most importantly, this is for free. <laughs> so as a student, there's nowhere you can get, get such a fantastic resources from online because people literally sit side by side next to you. They're going to help you like step by step, guide you through the entire process. And not not ask for anything. You don't need to pay any, you know, uh, like membership, you know. So that that will be a fantastic point, starting point for all the students in at Oregon State. Yeah, so it's so impressive that you were a graduate. Like, you know, you were a graduate student as a uh, electrical engineer, and at the same time, you were being trained to become an entrepreneur, and you started this this company with. Um, with Akash, um, obviously having to pivot because of COVID. But I'm curious, do you, you know, me as, an, as a graduate student who has had to resubmit my manuscripts to different journals and had to do a lot of reformatting, <laughs> are you planning on picking up that, that 
um, that software again, um, the one where you convert, you know, formats of, of, of papers? Yeah, good question. So our short-term plan is after we finish the, um, the resume builder, which means we don't really heard a lot of feature requests from our users and let it run self-sustain, then we're going to move all the technical support, the, the development team, back to the journal and thesis, because I know that is something I really want to finish. And the, the uh, and the, and also, I believe that has more challenges and more problems to be solved. But right at this moment, we are still you know working on our resume. We want to make a perfect resume builder for everybody. Even you don't even have any previous experience you can create a simple resume and you can start to apply for jobs. Don't need to worry about uh, the, the template, whether the template is good for you. Don't need to worry about, you know, the font, those things. Ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I haven't used wisedoc.net, but I would, I would encourage any listener um, to, to go and check it out. I looked at the website. It looks super straightforward, really easy to use. And it looks like the outputs are, are really very, you know, very streamlined and, and like it all looks very sharp and very good. So yeah, um, wisedoc.net. Everyone should, should go there and check it out. Thank you. So if you guys want to try the complete version, I know that we do have, you know, a paid version. If you want to try paid version, just email me. I will give you a special code that you can waive all the, you know, the subscription fee. Just, you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, whatever can help you like searching for a job, like or preparing for a job application, I I'm going to do that. You know, even though you're graduated from OSU, you're still giving back, aren't you, Bo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so before before we move on from WiseDoc, I do want to mention that this is one of the few business accelerator programs that actually has an international team, right? Hmm. Yes. To be honest, whenever we will attend any local entrepreneurial uh, event, we are the one and the only international team, which is kind of unique and cool. So currently, you have uh, five full time employees and. And you all meet daily, is that right? In terms, yeah. You, you take this from uh, from a, another business you know well now, <laughs> or you're becoming to know well with. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we have a five member development team in India, and we run um, because of the time differences between India and uh, and here. So we usually uh, run uh, run our livestock stuff at night. So we gonna have a daily meeting. Uh, they are morning every day, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna um, describe what you are going to do, the tasks for today, and what have you complete for yesterday, and the and the other day we can you know you know another stand up we can you know review have you meet uh, your uh, what you have proposed, and the and the, what what was the issue, did you need need any help, and uh, we're gonna have day like weekly not weekly bi-weekly review and uh, that is kind of like you uh, present what have you uh, accomplished during these two weeks 
to in front of the entire team and the people gonna just ask you any kind of random question. It could be out of curiosity. It could be some technical things they want to learn. And you have to you know, prepare, prepare well, and then answer well. And that's the expectation. The concept for these uh, daily standup meetings and for the two week, uh, uh, the, the two week meetings, the two week reviews, um, that's a concept that you that you're bringing over from Intel because, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you have since graduated uh, and you are now employed at Intel. Yeah, so um, I think, I mean, we we definitely have to learn from big players. There has to be a reason why they can be there. So you want to absorb whatever works for you and uh, apply that to yourself. Definitely, you want to tiny tweak because you know yourself better than any other people's. Uh, in, in addition to you being employed at Intel, which congratulations uh, on successfully graduating and that you now have a full-time job, <laughs> uh, you, you actually still stay connected to Akash, not only through Ystock, uh, but, but Akash is also yeah. employed at Intel. Luckily, we are in the same company, same location, Hillsborough, and uh, actually the same job title. We all worked as uh, integration engineer. And uh, our home just like five minutes drive. So we, we, we now, you know, typically we're gonna play ping pong during the weekends just to do some, you know, a little bit of exercises. That's, that's actually really nice. Um, it, it's a really good way to kind of uh, bring it home as we're getting to the to end of the episode. But, you know, we always have two traditions on the show. Um, the first is, is advice. So do you have any advice for uh, past you uh, or current you on uh, on like, you know, your experiences through graduate school, especially looking back at graduate school because, you know, you have successfully finished? Yep. So actually, I definitely have a lot of things to share with you guys. But if I have, have to pick up one, I would say if you think you have amazing, excellent, perfect idea, don't let it just easily run away from you go and participate in the accelerator program. So you will get a lot of insight from there. They will help you step-by-step, step. again, step-by-step, step, like figuring out what you need, what you are capable of doing and let you see further beyond your vision. From the bottom of my heart, if anyone needs any help, just email me, let me know, I'm always here. If I cannot get back to you during the day, I definitely gonna get back to you during the night. So <laughs> I'm always willing to help. Yeah. So like I know, like especially for some of the international students, I know they may afraid of, you know, go to those accelerator program, but they really have fantastic idea. They and they want to. They are looking for some suggestions, and uh, I um I think I may be one of the best options because I have gone through those things. The company is still running and also I, I, I got a job no matter how well it is. But yeah, so any kind of thing I can help, I'm always willing to help because I'm always going to be part of the Beaver. Nice. And we will tweet out links to that Advantage Accelerator program and to wisedoc.net on our blog. We will have a way to contact Bo yep. uh, so that way you don't Absolutely. have to, you know, say yeah. your email to everybody yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's really good advice, Bo. Thank you. Um, our second tradition on the show is that you get to pick your outro song at the end of the episode. So um, 
tell us what it is and tell us why you picked it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna definitely be the payphone by Maroon Five. I like I like some of the lyrics, but I'm not I'm not gonna point out what what line it is. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we we will have to, to to watch you as as you start singing along to this song. Uh, <laughs> um, but but with that, um, Bo, thank you so much for coming on air, especially um, especially because you you know have graduated. You are obviously a very busy person during the daytime, and you're still a busy person in the nighttime. Um, so so with that, we'll we'll close out with the song by Maroon Five, and uh, this will we'll have one more show for the quarter. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be here every every Sunday and uh, when we get back. Enjoy, listeners. Thank you. for listening if you want to support the show tell your friends about it and give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. and follow us on twitter and facebook at kbvrid this theme music was performed by the osu drumline and the intro jingle was created by olin hamat special thanks to the supporting staff at kbvr that allow the show and podcast to be possible this show was started by Jean Kamvar and Joey Hulbert in 2012. To learn about our current hosts, other graduate students at Oregon State, or if you want to be part of the show, visit our website at blogs.oregonstate.edu inspiration. Thanks again for listening, and stay curious, my friends.